Welcome to the Mustang United Methodist Church podcast. My name is Aaron Tiger and I'm the pastor here. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this serves as an encouragement for you in your faith journey, but we'd also love to see you every Sunday morning. We have worship services at 8.30 and 10.50. The sermon you are about to hear is entitled Serve One Another, and this was preached on August the 11th. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So Lord, we do pray that your spirit and your word and your truth would reign with us now and forevermore. Amen. All right. Well, I asked you all at the beginning what your least favorite chores were, and let me just sort of, I'm going to try to sum these up because I, um, you all did a good job uh, doing this. There was one person, and I don't know who these people are, so this is kind of good. I don't do household chores, all right? Um, so that's just easy. Um, multiple, peop- multiple of you do not like cleaning the bathroom, cleaning the toilets, cleaning the shower. One person said, have to get on my knees. It's painfully and usually very wet. I guess that would be the case. Um, laundry. I uh, heard a couple of people said laundry um, because I have too much, too many clothes. All right. So that seems to be a, a problem. Um, one person just said all of the above, um, which uh, uh, folding laundry, putting away laundry. Um, let's see here. Sweeping and mopping. I like this one. Washing greasy skillets slash, dish, slash dishes. Probably because mom told us that three or four drops of dish soap was all that was needed. <laughs> all right. Um, dealing with leaves. Um, dog doo-doo in the backyard was another one. 
Um, and then there was one, I hadn't thought about this until I got the text, which is why I, I asked you about it. Um, two people texted me this about making the bed. I'm getting in it again. Why would I need to make it again? And I love the logic of this person. I wouldn't tie my shoes before I put them on, so why would I make my bed, all right? Um, in the, uh, so that was probably my, my favorite one that I got all morning was this one. Their least favorite uh, chore was whatever my wife tells me to do. I hate being told what to do. And uh, so, uh, now that was at the earlier surface. So ladies, um, gentlemen, like, we're good, all right? That wasn't your spouse who said that, okay? Um, we're, in, we're in good shape there. Um, you know, there's some things that when we do them, all right, we just do not like doing them at all. They, somebody asks us or we just see the need, um, or maybe we just don't do them, right? Like, so I don't really ever dust because I just hate, like, all the actions of dusting, like just picking up stuff, moving stuff around. I'm not really going to spend my time doing that. Um, I also, I don't mind, like, folding clothes, but putting them away. Whoever said that, like, oh, that, you know... I just sometimes would rather just leave stuff in the laundry hamper uh, for days on end, right? Um, you know, that there are some things that when we do them, uh, they just cause us to grumble. We, we, do, we do them with uh, kind of a bad attitude sometimes, right? Um, in fact, I think often this is what happens, is we practice a thing that I'm going to call grumble service, all right? And grumble service is doing something begrudgingly, often because nobody else will, all right? We can even be guilty of doing that in the church, right? That we feel like we've got to do something because nobody else is doing it, so I have to do it. And sometimes I just find my way complaining my way through things that I have to do. But then this weird thing happened. When I was uh, in, in high school and in middle school, I went to a thing called Youth Force. I know some of you have been to Youth Force. I know that this church hosted it in the past. But it was uh, teenagers from all over the state would gather in a location, and we would do insane things like get on the roof, in the middle of a hot July day, and I would do it with so much joy, right? It didn't matter that it was 102 degrees and the shingles were hot. Um, it was just such a unique and wonderful experience, in part maybe because of who I was doing it with as I made new friends, but also um, there just seemed to be something different. So I could, I could do a roof or do siding on a house or scrape and paint. I, I complained a little bit about the scraping, all right? Nobody likes to scrape. Um, and that would, in the hottest days of an Oklahoma summer like today, but then if my parents who are here, if they'd asked me to pick up my shoes and socks from the living room, I'd complain about that all day, right? Like there's something that sometimes when we serve, it is a miserable experience, but yet other times it can be a very meaningful experience. And why is that the case? Why is it that doing one thing in one time has so much impact, but yet doing something different um, at another time, is so miserable and drags us down. Now, this story that we have here in our scripture is probably the most famous serving story ever in the history of the world. It's Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Now, now this month is all about hospitality, as we said, and I forgot to mention earlier, we do have a hospitality training, um, the 18th and the 25th. You only need to attend one um, from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock, and we're using the Lord's table as our example of hospitality because it's such an example of what God has done for us. Now, one of the things that was happening at that meal was that Jesus' disciples were having a discussion, more of an argument, in terms of who is the greatest. 
Who is the greatest? Now, one of the reasons why I think that they were doing that is once you determine who the greatest, then you can begin to rank them in order to see who was the least. And whoever the least was got to do the worst job. And that worst job that was possible in those days was washing feet. Imagine People walked everywhere they went. They often wore sandals. They walked on dirt floors. They lived with floors that had dirt in them even more than some of our houses. And it was, had to be rugged, rough, dirty, stinky feet. And this was the least favorite task. And it often went to the servant or the lowest person in the household. But yet it was extraordinary what Jesus did. Because Jesus washed his disciples' feet. I love what it says in John 13, 3. It says this, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose. That before Jesus did this act of service, what was his motivation behind it? It was all about his relationship with the Father and his role and what he was supposed to do. He knew that the Father had given all things to him. He was so confident, not in his status of being the greatest or the master or the leader or the teacher, but his status was found in his relationship with the Father, that all the things were his and that he had come from God and was going back to God. He wasn't trying to position himself to be better than other people's. He was simply confident in who he was and who God was. And so that was the motivation He knew who God was, and he knew what his purpose was. And so he was able to do that. And then he did this incredibly humbling act of washing his disciples' feet. I'm going to invite my my son Micah to come up here and to have a seat. Um, I'm going to invite him to to take off his shoes and socks here as well. Now, I can tell you the truth that Micah does not always have the best smelling of feet. All right? Now, I, I knew I was going to do this yesterday, and so I made sure, we made sure Micah took a shower yesterday. But he told me after the, during the first service while I was up here, he said, but I didn't wash my feet, Dad. Um, now, now, again, washing feet is not something that we do. Now, they would have been kneeling at the altar, and their feet would have been extended. And so to wash somebody's feet was to get down to the lowest possible place. I'm sort of cheating by having him here this high. But remember uh, uh, last month we were talking about the posture of service is the posture um, of kneeling, right? And so really this, as we wash somebody's feet, then what we do here is, is it's, a, it's a humbling thing. Is the water warmer this service? No, it's still cold. Now part of washing somebody's feet, um, and if I was to really do a good job, I mean you're, you're washing in between toes. You're trying to, to do a thorough job back and front. It's not just part It's all of it. And this is what God invites us to, is a posture of how we serve one another. Now, one of the things as we were talking about this as a staff is that we noticed that Jesus didn't just wash the feet, but he took the time to dry them as well. You know, sometimes I may start to serve somebody, but I don't always finish. But what God invites us to is to do it from start to finish, that when we start to serve somebody, that we do it the whole way. And so there's a humbling that happens when you get down on your knees and you serve somebody. You deal with sometimes the dirtiest and stinkiest part of their body, and you do it all the way through. And this is what Jesus did with his disciples, is that he took the time and the energy and the humbling act, doing the act of a servant, 
and washed the disciples' feet. Let's uh, give Micah a hand for taking off his shoes in front of all of us. Now this is, and, and when he got to the end of the meal, he says, what you have seen, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. And he says these words, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. That this is not just a suggestion, but it is a command. You should do this for one another. I wonder if when the disciples had other meals and, and they were hosting people, who was it and how did they determine who was going to wash the feet? And I imagine that every time that act happened, they saw it in a brand new way. And so I don't think it was just a symbolic act, but I think it was an actual act that he did. Now, one of the things that I began to wonder about this week is would I, if I had the opportunity to wash Jesus' feet, would I? Would I wash Jesus' feet? And I sure hope that I would. I think that I would. And I think it would be this incredibly humbling act. In fact, we actually have a, a scripture of a lady who washed Jesus' feet. You can find it in Luke chapter 7. It's this great, great story. Now, it tells us about this woman, and what it tells us about this woman is that she was a, a woman who had lived a sinful life. Her reputation preceded her before she went to wash Jesus' feet. And she didn't just wash Jesus' feet with the, with the water and the basin like I, I did here, but instead she had this unusual concoction to wash Jesus' feet. She had an alabaster jar of perfume, which would have, she would have broken open and used the whole thing. All right? She used her tears as she cried because of how grateful she was for Jesus, and she wiped them with her long hair. It was an intimate act of extreme gratitude. And she, on behalf of, I think, all of us, washed Jesus' feet as a way to say, I love you and thank you. Now, as she was washing Jesus' feet. Jesus had a word with the people who were in the house, a gentleman by the name of Simon who was a Pharisee. And, and he said, you didn't have anybody wash my feet, but this woman hasn't stopped crying and hasn't stopped washing my feet. And he also tells this parable. He said two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them do you think will love him more? He replied, I suppose the one who has the bigger debt forgiven. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. You see, this woman understood that she had an opportunity to serve Jesus, and she did so with this outpouring of love, because she knew that she had been forgiven and loved much. And for those of us who are Christians, I, I believe I am somebody who has been forgiven much, and I believe that we have been forgiven much. And we are called to this outpouring of love and gratitude towards God. So why is sometimes service miserable and sometimes meaningful? I think it all has to do with the why behind it. When I'm at Youth Force and on those roofs, the why is clear. We're changing the life of a homeowner. But when I'm in my home, maybe it's not always as clear. And sometimes it's easy for me to forget when I'm on a mission trip, I know I'm doing this for Jesus. But on Tuesday afternoon or Saturday morning, I forget that I'm still doing it for Jesus. 
And so the why behind it, because of who God is and because what God has done is what he calls us to. He calls us to this life of humble service. You see, so often we do practice grumble service. Remember that, that we practice this, that we do things, all right, begrudgingly often because nobody else will. But what God invites us to is a life of humble service. And that is doing something gratefully because of what Jesus has done for you. And so every encounter that I have with somebody is an opportunity to share God's love and an opportunity for me to thank God for what he has done. Matthew 25, 40 says this, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done unto me. And so any time that we have a chance to love our neighbors, to love somebody, we have a chance to do an incredible act of godly service. Uh, last uh, spring, I had a, a weird opportunity. I, I got to substitute teach for my wife. Um, and my eyes were open to the um, life of a teacher in a brand new way. Now, now, she was a specials teacher, which meant that during the four days I was in her class, I, I got to see each class, and there was each in there for 45 minutes, which was great news, all right? Because at the end, I knew that it would end at the end of 45 minutes, that if this particular kid was driving me crazy, they'd be gone in 45 minutes. Imagine you're a third grade teacher, and you walk in, and 20 minutes into class, you know you have one of those kids. And you know that for the next eight months, that kid is going to need every ounce of love that you have. But more than that is going to need every ounce of love that God has for that kid. I'm so thankful for all of our teachers and everybody who works in the schools who takes the time to be with these children because they are on the front lines of ministry in our community and in our world. And they choose every day to serve. And it, the only way I think that I've seen them get through is when they remember who they do it for. And the same thing happens when we serve in this church. It's easy to come to church and, and to receive, and I hope you do that. I hope you come and you receive God's goodness and God's grace and God's love. But also we need people who are coming ready to give. That's why we're doing this hospitality initiative. I said 25 people each Sunday last week. I think it's actually going to be closer to 40 if we're going to do it right. What I said in the first service is that if you are here today, then you have been in this church longer than other people who have never been here before. That means you have a leg up on people. And so if you are thinking about serving or thinking maybe this is for you, I'd encourage you to just come to the training and see. It's going to take all of us as a team to help people feel welcome and to serve. You might come a little bit early. You might stay a little bit longer. But the amazing thing happens when we give ourselves away is that God gives us more than we can ever imagine. And so God invites us to a life of service, a life of goodness, a life of faithfulness, because, and that's the life that he led for us. And so we're going to do things a little bit different today with communion. And it's going to take a little bit of time, but I'm okay with that. And I just invite you to be okay with that. So often we move through life and we do it as quick as we can, but we're going to invite you to take a little bit of time as we do communion today. So what we're going to do, and it's going to take me a second to explain it, is that we are going to wash each other's hands as we come to receive communion today. And so what will happen is that we're going to all be coming down the center aisles today. So as you come down the center aisles, you're going to extend your hand over the bowl that is here. There is somebody who is going to pour water over your hands, all right, and let you, and, there, and you're, you can wash them there. 
Then you will have, there will be somebody standing here and they will dry your hands for you. And then you will turn and become the dryer and dry the next person's hands. And then you will come and receive communion. All right? So I'm going to walk that through. Then we're going to serve some people. You can see if they do it right, okay? And then we'll invite everybody to come up. So you come, you extend your hands, they get washed, then you get them dried. Then you become the person who will dry, and then you get communion. Now we also have gluten-free communion over here, and so if you need a gluten-free option, then we have that available. Just make sure you get on this side. And so everybody's going to have an opportunity to be served and have somebody dry your hands, but also to serve and dry the person's hands that are next to you. Your faces tell me you can do this. <laughs> and here's the great thing about church, is it's a place of grace. You do not have to have it figured out. And so if you mess up, we've got extra towels. There's water else, other places, we'll clean it up. This is a wonderful place to be because we get to experiment and serve one another today. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for who you are. And Lord, that when anybody else at that table could have served, you were the one that did serve and reminded us that we are called to humble service every day. Not because of what we have done, but because of who you are and because of what you have done. And so, Lord, we pray that this time may be a holy time as we wash each other's hands, as we share in communion, and as we remember your love and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mustang United Methodist Church podcast. We hope it has been encouraging for your faith and for your day. If there is ever anything that we can do for you, please feel free to reach out to us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. Thank you so much. We hope you have a wonderful day.